All right, welcome to CISC's soccer podcast, Back of the Net. Today, we've got a good friend of mine, Stephen Sweeney. Today's date is Tuesday, November 3rd, so election day. Stephen Sweeney is working with the club. He is the youth director for the academy out of the Lake Norman branch. He also volunteers and coaches his son and my daughter in the rec program, the Kings program. And he's a huge Manchester United fan. Sweeney. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being on here. Yes, sir. Thanks for having us. Yeah, brilliant. Must be an English thing, the us. So first question that I want to know about, what is the Youth Academy? How does it bridge the gap? What it's important or what's important about it and what does it bring or how does it bring success to soccer players? Can you give the age group, things like that? Yeah, so the the Youth Academy um, for us starts at U8. So the Youth Academy is U8, uh, U9 and U10. Um, so we play 7v7 in the Youth Academy here at Shaw Independence in, in North Carolina is kind of, um, it's, it's different to, to a lot of other states uh, where I've been in the past. Uh, it's more of a, it's very de- development orientated uh, looking at uh, it's kind of a pool uh, and it's more focused on the development of the of the players as opposed to placing them on specific teams and and being worried about uh, wins and losses yeah wins and losses and and that sort of thing it's it's definitely the environment that creates is definitely based around developing the players um so we do academy events on Saturdays. So the weekly events where the kids will go and play uh, one to two games each Saturday. No, no, no scores, no recordings of results. Uh, they just get to go and play in, in a game format, in a competitive game format without the pressure of worrying about having to go and win games or, or if they lose games. Yeah, let me let me jump in there. So the development piece. So essentially, it's allowing them to be in a competitive environment, but the focus isn't on the results. So let's start with why seven v seven, and then as a flag for after you explain the difference or why we choose to do seven v seven as opposed to eleven v eleven. You know what does what does quality development look like for the U eights to was it U twelve? Is that right? U eights to U twelve. U eight to U ten. U ten. Okay, so. It- U8 to U10 is a youth academy, and then U11s is the first year out of youth academy that falls under my jurisdiction as well. Okay. Yeah, so why 7v7, and then what does a what does development look like for those 8s, 9s, and 10-year-olds? Yeah, so I mean, so you for you personally, for yourself, obviously working with the older kids, um, with the senior boys and the, the futures, you obviously play 11v11. So have you, have you probably really looked into it? how many of the, your players of the, those kids are actually, how often are they touching the ball in a game? Right? I mean, if you, there's, um, there's a couple of stats out there for the professional soccer where players are out in 90 minutes aren't touching the ball anywhere near those 90 minutes. Right? So 7v7 just obviously provides less numbers provides more opportunities for each individual kid to get more touches on the ball, 
more exposure with the ball in different situations that you find in a game. So obviously, 77, the numbers are shorter. Uh, the field's also shorter to try and expose that contact with the ball for, for each player. Right. Smaller space, less numbers, more touches on the ball, more touches on the ball. Hopefully, the better the players get because they have more opportunities to be successful and to learn, right? Correct. Awesome. And then what's if you could if you could break it down into like a quick this is what we want to see players improve on. What would you say for those younger age groups? So for the younger age groups, I mean, like you mentioned, um, I, I also volunteer and work in with the the rec programs, the Kings, which uh, your daughter and my son are in. Um, so they're what 2015. So U6, U6s. So if you're looking at that age particularly i mean it's just about the kid and the ball right trying to just get the kids to have fun with the ball enjoy the time on the ball dribbling scoring goals whatever it is they may may want to do in games but ultimately just having the kids enjoy the ball and and have the ball as much as they can at u6 five years old um and then obviously if we if we jump up to the youth academy, it's still somewhat similar in terms of we want the focus to be on kids individually as opposed to a team at that age. I think the kids are still the individually are the important aspects of making sure they're developing by getting touches on the ball, learning different things on the ball, whether it's whether it's dribbling at that age, we bring in obviously passing and and other aspects to the game, but it's still focused around the individual player at U8, U9, U10. Yeah, with the idea being you've got to be a good individual player in order to be a good team player at a later point in the development. Yes. Yeah, correct. What, so I think this is a, so we're kind of shifting, we're staying on the Kings piece here, but kind of shift into the coaching side because I believe all, maybe all, I think it's all of the coaches in the, in the Kings program and in our rec program are pretty much volunteer parents. So, you know, your team, you are a volunteer parent that is coaching the rec program. You just happen to also be a full-time staff with the Charlotte independence. So you're sort of a, uh, sort of a combination, but if there's a parent that's listening to this and they're trying to help their player, their son, their daughter become a better soccer player, or if they've stepped up to be one of those rec coaches, one of those volunteer coaches, what's what's some quick advice that you would give them? You know, what, what yeah. makes the most sense? Well, I mean, the, so the biggest thing for me, I've been, I mean, I've been around, I've seen a lot of rec soccer. Uh, the biggest thing for me, for the younger ages in particular, the U5, the U6, um, that I help volunteer coach, uh, and even some of the older ones, U7, U8, U9, all at rec is just, I mean, the younger ages for me, they just need to be fun and have a ball as much as possible. I mean, I've seen sessions where kids are stood in lines. There's a line of six kids and one at a time, they'll go touch a ball two times, kick it in the goal and then go back and stand in the line. So, I mean, for me, the best advice I could give is, is make it as fun as possible playing different games, Right, being imaginative, using what's popular with kids at the time, right? Be it movies and you play games based on 
on the favorite movie out at the minute, whatever that may be. But just having the kids individually have a ball as much as you can in the session to themselves. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe when you when you get to the end and you do a little game, a little scrimmage, that's when you go to one ball. But yeah, for the I most think... part, you give each each kid a ball for as much of the session as you can. Yeah, so I think from listening to what you're saying there, if the kids all have their own ball for most of the session, and if the kids are running around with the soccer ball having fun, that's a successful practice. That's an successful se- successful session for the kids. Yes, in my opinion, yeah. Yeah, and then if a parent needs help, pretty much they can they can reach out to anybody at the club. You know, I know Keith runs the the recreational apartment for us, um, but I would imagine anybody if they reach out, if they see you, if they see me, if they see Keith, we're happy to kind of give them some ideas. It's not really what drills you run. I think I think you've hit it on the head. It's are they having fun and do they have a ball and are they touching the ball with their feet as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just keeping the energy levels high, keeping it fun, and and giving each kid the, the opportunity to have a ball as much as possible in that session. Yeah, that's great. I've, I've really enjoyed having my daughter out there. This is her first year of rec soccer. She's a five-year-old, and it's been fun. You know, I'm always asking her at the end, how's she doing? Do you like it? And she always says yes, and we're still working on her getting on the soccer ball, but uh, she says she's enjoying the time. Well, cool. Well, I want to shift gears. We normally do this at the beginning, um, but I wanted to get that information out about the about the youth academy, when it starts, how it's how it's built, what success looks like, uh, which is the development piece that you mentioned earlier, and then also sort of segue into the rec side. We we love the fact that you're doing it. We love the fact that parents volunteer to do it. And at the end of the day, it's it's pretty simple um, in terms of what you're going for: fun and touches on the ball. But now I want to know a little bit. So you're you're one of the one of the Englishmen that we have in the club, and I want to know how you got here, Stephen. How did you get to the U.S.? What's a little bit of your background in soccer? Um, and then you know, at the end, I'd love to hear about about the team that you support. Yeah. So originally, I I got on a plane, and then the plane brought me here. That's kind of how I made it across. Yeah. Um, good to know. But no. So when I was going into university back in. Back in England, um, I think it was ooh, 2006. Yeah, 2006 was the first year I came over. So in between in between college and then university, I'd come out every summer um, to work for a company called Challenger Sports uh, that brought people over from, from Britain, um, from the UK to come and do soccer camps. All, all across America. So originally I was put in um, Maryland. So I'd work in Maryland and then the surrounding states, just going from uh, town to town, working with, with rec centers, with with clubs, uh, with different organizations to do weekly camps um, for kids that they, they offered up through their membership base. Uh, so I did that from... 2006 till 2010. Uh, once I graduated university in England, I came out every summer in between. Um, and then I ended up staying out here from, from 2010. So once, once I graduated university back in England, I came out and with the same company, I worked um, with Challenger Sports then over 
over the year instead of just the summer. I'd stay and do the fall season uh, and the spring season, working with with clubs and rec centres still um, throughout. And that was based out of the Maryland, Virginia area. Is that right? So, yeah, I was in Maryland, Virginia, uh, all the surrounding states I would work in, but I was mainly based in Virginia. I did one summer in California, in San Diego in 2008. And then how did you, then how did you get into North Carolina? When, when did that happen? So, Ooh, that's fast forward a few years. So I was married with a kid, uh, obviously with Talon, um, in 2016, we moved down. So uh, my wife and I were living in Virginia where she grew up. Um, and I mean, for those that know Virginia, it's it's an expensive state to live in. So we decided for, for a better lifestyle for, for our family, we decided to move south. Um, and then we didn't have any ties with North Carolina. We kind of just really ended up here. Um, yeah, and then you made the move into club soccer full time, as opposed to the the. I'm not exactly sure the the business model of the Challenger Sports, but it's a it does stuff in the fall and the spring, as well as run a lot of camps over the summer. Yes, yeah, they do. But I was, I mean, I was with a a club up in Virginia for three, four years before we moved down to North Carolina. Yeah, brilliant. So, yeah. Well, I want to end with. Uh, which team you support? I believe they've got a game tomorrow in Champions League, right? Yes. Yeah, Manchester United. Manchester is red. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. great. That's great. And how how's uh how's Manchester United doing right now? Give me a give me a quick one two of maybe a new player that you've you've enjoyed signing. I'm sure Bruno Fernandez. Uh, it's, uh, it's probably I, your favorite recent signing, but give me a little bit of the lowdown and give me an outlook for the, the EPL season or the Champions League season. I don't think we really have time to talk about United at the minute. I think we're running out of time, Baz. We should probably just... <laughs> no, so obviously those that follow at United aren't, uh, haven't had a particularly great start. Um, obviously a lot going on. Um, a, a very poor summer transfer window in my opinion for United um, not bringing in enough quality or positions that, that we probably need but um, a bright side Champions League killing it in that that's right I was I was giving you the opportunity to segue just di- oh, just directly yeah. into Champions League 2-0 and top of the table Red Bull yeah we'll take both of those down easy peasy Great. All right. Last question about last question about Manchester United. Who's going to lead their team in goals this year? Who's your guess? Uh, my guess is mm, it's either it's either Tony or Bruno. Tony or Bruno will score the most goals for us. Okay. And for people listening at home, if they're not a Manchester United supporter. What what players are those? What positions do they play? Uh, so Bruno Fernandez is a number ten attacking midfielder, and then Anthony Martial is a striker, number nine. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, Stephen, I really appreciate the time. I appreciate uh, you coaching my daughter in the Kings program, and 
it's always nice to to pick your brain. Uh, if anybody's ever seen you run a session or interact with the kids, he has a real strong suit for that. Uh, they're always having fun. Maybe not quite as much fun as Steven's having himself, but he does an excellent job for the club. And thanks for the time, man. I, I think it was a, a good talk, and I'm really, really appreciative of it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. <laughs>